0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Hello! Hello! Hi, how are you all doing today? We doing good? We doing good? Did you guys like that song? That a good song, We Are Royals. Uh, did anyone go to mix this last summer? sang that song at mix, yeah, pretty good, pretty good time. Well, uh, hello. If we have not met, uh, hi. Thank you for waving. Um, My name is Tyler, uh, and I work at Christ Church now. I'm one of the new ministers, which is very exciting. uh, As Sam sort of heads off to Japan, which is amazing. Uh, Emily and I are going to take his place. Um, But I want to talk to you about one thing. I want to talk to you about homework. Uh oh Ew Gross, right? Disgusting. Okay, okay. Now yes, homework it's the it's sometimes it can be the worst, right? I I don't always love homework. But you know what's worse than homework? You know what's worse than homework? Getting to school and realizing that you didn't do your homework? Getting to school. Or, or waking up in the morning realizing you didn't do, do your homework, or getting to school and realizing that you forgot your whole backpack at home, because you're just like I'm, I don't care, I'm a free spirit, I don't care, I'm going to do whatever I want. And then all of a sudden you get to school and you just failed all your homework that was due today. And so, you know, the, I think maybe even worse than that is that, that feeling that like you get a really good night's sleep, and then you're like you're waking up in the morning, you're like. And you look at your phone, and the, or you look at your alarm clock, and it's like, hasn't gone off yet. You wake up right before your alarm. You're like, man, this is perfect. And then you're like, oh, no. That test is today. I had nine months to study for it and did nothing. <laughs> and then you're, on your, you're like on your way to school, and you're like cramming. You're like learning everything that has ever been known about science. And then you get to school, and it's over World War II, and you're like, oh, and now you have to take history again because you didn't study. This feeling of not being prepared is the worst, right? Or maybe you've been like hanging out at home one Saturday and all of a sudden you're just relaxing, you're watching some watching some TV, playing some video games, I don't know. And all of a sudden you hear the garage door open and your parents are back home and you realize that that list of things they gave you to do that Saturday, nothing, didn't even look at it. And all of a sudden you're like, oh no, they're back. And so you're like, rub your hand along a dresser to be like, I dusted it, and you're in trouble. You're in trouble. This feeling of not being prepared is the worst. There's this mountain in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I'm from. It is called Camelback Mountain. Not very like intimidating sounding, right? Like if if it was a more intimidating name, like if it was like Sharkback or Knifeback Mountain or something, People, it's, it's not very intimidating, but people have to get rescued off of this mountain seriously all the time. Every time I'm home, I hear stories about somebody that had to get rescued off this mountain. Why? Because they weren't prepared. So maybe uh, they didn't have the right type of clothing that they needed. Maybe they didn't bring enough water. Uh, they weren't in the physical shape they needed to be in. Or most of all, they just generally aren't ready for the heat because... Somebody that's maybe not from the area, they're like, oh, the middle of July on an afternoon, I want to go for a nice hike. And it's like 120 degrees outside, and the sun just takes all of the water out of their body, and they end up looking like SpongeBob and Patrick at Shell City at the end of SpongeBob SquarePants movie. If you've seen that, if you haven't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So just like when you forget to do your homework, or you forget to do your chores, and your parents get home, These people were not prepared for their hike. And this feeling of being prepared is not one that we want to have. I'm sure you guys have your own scenarios or your own times of like, dude, I forgot my homework this morning. Now, what do I tell you this? Because we are in the middle of a series called We Are. And last week, Emily talked to us about this idea of we are here to worship. And that worship is not just something that we do when we sing, but it's something that we do with our whole lives. And that we worship what we love. And tonight, we're talking about this idea that we are here to learn. That when we come to church, when we come to Christ Church students, we are here to learn more about Jesus and to be equip ourselves with what a life of following Jesus would look like. And I'm going to give you four reasons on why we learn here at church. All right, These are my four big points that I'm going to tell you right here, right now. So if you hear nothing else, hear these. All right. When we come to church, we are here to learn. And when we learn... We learn to follow, we learn to live, we learn to work, and we learn to fight. Can you say those with me? We learn to follow, to live, to work, and to fight. Follow, live, work, fight. So first, we learn to follow. Lean over to your neighbor and say, hey, we learn to follow. I just blocked the microphone, but hey, we learn to follow. Yeah. We learn to follow. What do, we, what do I got here? This is a lantern. This an old-fashioned, old-fashioned light, lantern. If you call it a flashlight, you're kind of right. Now, Psalm 119, 105, it's a lot of verses in this chapter of the Bible, says that God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. All right, you know that feeling of when you get up in the middle of the night to, like, go to the bathroom or get a drink of water? and It's like, whatever, it's 2.30, 3 a.m., And you could have lived in this room for your whole life, but the lights are off, and you're kind of just waking up, and so you have forgotten the entire layout of your room. You're like walking around, and you're like this, and you you have no idea where anything is. You can't see your own hand in front of your face. It's so dark, and maybe because your eyes are closed because you're still tired. You're like, I can't see anything. It's like, open your eyes. You're so dumb. Now, and so you're, you're, you're like feeling around. You're like trying to find out where everything is. And then your pinky toe ends up hitting like every single piece of furniture in your room. And you're like, oh. So you're struggling, trying to find your phone flashlight, trying to find the light in the room. And this is, it's not a good feeling, right? Or maybe you've seen old movies where that before like electricity, they had candles and lanterns. Not like this one, but lanterns with oil or gas or things like that that they would use to see at night. And so this is sort of how God's Word works in our lives. Because there are a lot of situations that you and I will find ourselves in um, where we don't know what to do, or we don't know what to say, or we don't know what decision to make. And the Word of God, the Bible, sort of acts as a light to follow in those situations. So, uh, it's like the pillar of fire, that we read about in the Old Testament. Maybe you guys have read the story of Moses in the Old Testament and how God was guiding Moses and the Israelites through the desert and he was telling them to at night follow a pillar of fire and, in the, and during the day follow this pillar of cloud that was in the sky. And he didn't, Moses didn't know what he was doing or where he was going, but God gave him this light to follow. So when it would be easy to stay in the dark and uh, not talk to the kid that's sitting by themselves at lunch or it would be easy to stay in the dark and continue to gossip about the new kid that's in your class, or gossip about the teammate with a few lockers down from yours, the Bible instead acts as a light that shows us instead, as followers of Jesus, we should be known for loving and encouraging everybody and not gossiping behind people's backs. A different verse says that, that the commands of God... Are a lamp That his teaching is a light and that correction and instruction are the way to life. We learn to follow. Speaking of life, this is a loaf of bread that I'm going to take out. And it smells very strong. It's garlic herb. So if you smell it from here, you imagine how strong it is right here next to these peppers. All right. Everybody say the word live. 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 We learn... To live. Matthew 4, 1 through 4, says this that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so maybe some of you know this story. The story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. That Satan comes to him, and he's questioning and tempting the identity of Jesus, saying, If you are who you say you are, do these things. If you are who you say you are, don't rely on the God to help you live. Rely instead on material things like bread. And so then Jesus responds by quoting a different passage from the Old Testament in which God and the Israelites, the same group of people that God led in the desert with the fire and the cloud, in which God was reminding those people that it was God that led them in the desert and not their human leaders, that ultimately that God was their provider. Now what does all of this mean? This does mean that God is the provider of what we eat and drink. He is the maker and creator of all things. So to say that would be kind of not a good thing to say. But it also means that the words and the commands of God are things that lead to life. That, that when God gives us things to do, commands us to do things, He isn't trying to take life from us. He isn't trying to rob us of our good time. Another way to say it, was, another way to say it is that it's better to obey the words of God than it is to satisfy human desires. So you ever have those moments where your parents or your grandparents, or your aunt and uncle or something told you to not do something, but you were like, hmm, I'm going to do it, right? Or they said, okay, don't touch the stove. It's going to hurt. Hopefully not in eighth grade. You probably hopefully have learned your lesson by that point. Maybe when you were younger, right? They were like, hey, don't touch the stove. It's really going to hurt. And they weren't telling you this because they wanted you to not have fun right they were telling you this because they knew that the stove would hurt and they knew that life would probably be better lived if your hands weren't r- blistery and burnt because you touched the hot stove which if you ever have you just know then you can't touch anything for a few days that's just not a good time so they weren't trying to rob you of anything but it sounded like maybe they were but really they were trying to lead you to something better to a greater life so the commands of god are the same way we find them in the Bible and they aren't trying to steal our happiness or joy. So this means that we can trust God when, it sa- when his word says not to steal or to obey our parents because he, tr- he knows that this is a better thing in our life than to not do those things or to do those things. It means we can trust God when his word says to love our neighbor or our enemy, even when it's hard to do those things. David, who was a guy that wrote a bunch of the Psalms and Uh, Even And part of Psalm 119, the one we just read, he talks about the law and he says, uh, he meditates on the law, that he loves the law of God. Which sometimes we think in our heads that law is sometimes maybe a bad thing because it inhibits our fun. It makes us not be able to have fun. But David instead suggests this idea that law, that the law of God is something that is good and that it leads to more life. All right. The third reason we learn is... To work. Everyone say, work. Yeah. The third reason we learn is to work. 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17 says this, that all scripture, all of the Bible, is breathed out by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What does this mean? This means that we don't come to church to learn about God and do nothing with That we are called to do work, kingdom work in fact, which is work for the kingdom of God. And the work that, that, or the things that we learn in here, the experience that we have in here, the things we learn about, that means that we take what we have in here and we go out there and we paint the world with it. Whether it's about worship or learning or community or love, whatever it may be. And the work that you are called to do is specific to you. Because I know a lot of times we can maybe look at somebody that we think is doing awesome work for the kingdom of God or, and we're like, oh, I, I could never do that. But when we look at the Bible, we see that a lot of times God used people that really probably weren't exactly qualified to do anything that he was calling them to do. But God can and definitely already has given you certain gifts and abilities in lots of different areas. For you to use your talents and your passions in areas like music or art or sports or reading or writing or science or public speaking or clubs at school or relationships at home. There are so many different areas, and we could go all day, where you can use the things that God has gifted you with. But work gets a lot harder when you don't know what you're doing or you don't know what you're doing it for. So when we come to church, when we open our Bibles and we learn about God, we're getting equipped, we're getting prepared for the work that we are to do when we walk outside those doors. And the kingdom work, kingdom work is not about what's easiest. It's not about uh, the most fun thing to do. Instead, it's about loving and serving and impacting the world for Christ. But we don't always know what it's going to be like on the other side of those doors. And the final reason why we learn. We learn to fight. Because sometimes, stay with me, stay with me. Sometimes life doesn't go according to plan. Sometimes microphones don't work. But sometimes we think life's going to go one way and it, and it doesn't go that way, right? Right? Hebrews 4.12 calls the word of God living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And then the book of Ephesians calls the word of God the sword of the spirit. When we read the Bible, we're preparing ourselves for battle, both internally within ourselves and externally around us. The word of God, Hebrews says, discerns or figures out what thoughts, feelings, emotions inside of us are true. So that moment where you're tempted to look at the person's test next to you or gossip with somebody or, or look something up that you shouldn't look up on the computer. In those moments, scripture helps us in the fight and helps us to know that, that we shouldn't do those things. That God has called us to greater things. That we should be known for honesty and integrity and love and encouragement and not secrets and shame. But we also fight outside of ourselves because the other side of those doors maybe lead to doors to homes or schools or rooms or teams or situations that are sometimes dark or scary or intimidating. Because the classrooms you study in, the teams that you play on, the video games that you play, the clubs that you are part of, these are situations and places in which the truth and the light of God isn't always the brightest thing. So into those situations, you must go in with the strength of God and fight. Because as Christians, as kingdom workers, as Christchurch students, we are called to fight with peace against anxiety. With grace against shame, with love against fear, with truth against the lies, we learn to fight. Now, I had a friend named Katie in high school, and I actually didn't really get to know Katie until the last few months that she was alive, because Katie fought cancer for most of her high school career. And she, she sort of became this local celebrity uh, in the town that I'm from as. All of a sudden, all these news stations and churches and schools and extracurricular activities, all of these people wanted to suddenly hear Katie's story about how somebody so young was fighting fighting in such an intense battle with such faith and perseverance. Maybe you know somebody like that. And it really was incredible how many people heard Katie's story, and even more so, how many people came to know Jesus through Katie's story, and like an army in a battle, Katie had an army, and her army had a rallying cry. And that rallying cry was Psalm seventy-three twenty-six: Was my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In fact, at the CIY Move conference that we went to before my senior year of high school, Katie got a chance to speak and stand up in front of thousands of kids and share her story like I'm kind of doing to you now. And so she stood on this stage only a few months before she would pass away. She stood on this stage as she raised her hand and she proclaimed the truth of God that the strength of God would not fail her, that God would not fail her, that God was her strength. And Katie died in September of 2013 and her flesh did fail. But the word of God, the truth of God, did not and it, w- and it remains to be the source of strength for her and her family. Ultimately, we need the Word of God because we need God. And in the Bible, we, when, we, when we read the Bible, when we read Scripture, we learn the heart of God and we learn about who we are and who Jesus has called us to be. If we don't know the Bible, we don't know God. And so if we want to call ourselves Christians, we should probably start here. So we are here to worship and we are here to learn. And next week, we're going to talk about how we are here together because the things that Scripture calls us to do, the reasons that we learn, they're hard to do alone. And we we shouldn't do them alone. We, We can't. So next week, bring a friend because we're going to talk about the reasons that God is good and the reason He's given us community. So let's pray. Thanks again for checking out this podcast.